Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling this world. And we're here actually in Manila, Philippines, hanging out with my wife's parents. They actually live here in the Philippines. So we're actually spending uh, the next few months here, uh, basing ourselves here and uh, getting our kids to learn all about their Filipino roots. So it's been an incredible learning adventure. And we're documenting our entire Daddy Blogger World Tour and, of course, our time here in the Philippines on our website, on our social media, on our YouTube channel, and on our podcast. So make sure you check out all those links at daddyblogger.com for uh, a lot of inspiration to get you traveling as well. And uh, one of the things I love doing on my podcast is interviewing friends of mine. Uh, you know, most of my uh, guests, they happen to be just connections I have on social media, uh, you know, people who I haven't actually met physically. Well, today is an exception because I have my good friend, Joe Griffith on the show here today, who I know personally from Vancouver, BC, Canada. We've known each other for at least five years. Uh, he's spoken at several of my different events. Uh, we meet at different networking events and uh, definitely an amazing entrepreneur, amazing traveler. And we're going to be finding out all about Joe's journey. And, uh, you know, ironically enough, we just interviewed Joe's partner a couple of days ago and her name's Patty, Patty Kay. And we'll have the link to Patty's interview so you can hear the she said version. And then today we'll be hearing the he said version. Ladies first and then gentlemen. Uh, so Joe is, um, he's a WordPress uh, a developer. He's also an online marketer. He's also a, a world sailor. He actually did an amazing trip uh, from um, San Diego to Mexico and <laughs> some incredible moments of excitement and also fear. Uh, so if you're considered sailing, uh, you know, this is going to be a great interview to inspire you and also to um, equip you so you don't make some of the mistakes that Joe and Patty made. Uh, so we're going to be finding about Joe's uh, travels and also his business. So Joe, uh, how are you doing over there in beautiful Vancouver, BC, Canada today? I'm doing great, Ricky. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yes, it's, it's, it's very warm here. Yes, it is uh, hot and sunny here in Manila, Philippines as well. So great to connect to you, my friend, and uh, looking forward to chatting. Uh, so for the sake of the people who are listening on iTunes and watching you on YouTube, why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to share a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Uh, actually, our, my story begins with, with Patty about back in 2008. Uh, you know, both of us sort of had these nine-five jobs, and, uh, and, and we both went through Toastmasters. And just one day, we were just sitting in my backyard, and, and we just said, you know, it's like there's got to be a lot more uh, to what we've been experiencing. Up to that point, you know, I was driving about an hour, you know, each direction, commuting to work, and putting in 10-hour days. and, and it, just, I guess, doing it for, for 20 some years and just thought, you know, there's got to be something more. And, and that's when we decided that, you know what, we, we should go traveling. And we kicked our idea over, over cocktails. And, and we decided, well, should we just, you know, get an RV and just drive? And I thought, well, that seems like way too expensive. And of course, you know, it's the environmental footprint just probably wouldn't be friendly. We decided um, after several more cocktails that we would just get a sailboat and, and just go on a sailing adventure. But uh, if you want problem, the problem one of us sailed before in our in our life. Uh, so what we did is we took uh, six days of sailing lessons in Victoria, BC. Basically, uh, packed up everything into Patty's little little red car, and we drove down to Long Beach, California, where we met up with a, a fellow that became a really good friend of ours, and spoke 
and, and uh, he drove us around Long Beach for uh, a, a few weeks, and then we bought a 36 Catalina, and uh, ended up, you know, boat, uh, and sailing up and down the Southern California coast for about seven weeks, just learning, you know, how to anchor, how to use the radar, uh, you know, being able to back it and doing it, and all those sorts of things, and dealing with the weather, and just going out and doing day sailing. And, it, you know, we really started to question whether or not uh, we're doing this. Uh, one of our neighbors who had 20 years of sailing experience, uh, when I told him that, you know, we were planning travel from, you know, San Diego, you know, half thousand kilometers down the Mexican Baja, around Cabo, up into the Sea of Cortez to La Paz, he said, I would never do that trip. He says, I got 20 years of experience and I would do that trip. You two try to attempt this on your own, you're probably going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we attempted it anyway. Uh, it's quite a journey down the coast. Uh, as you probably heard from Patty, uh, you know, we got into Turtle Bay, which is one particular stop. And, and, uh, and this is where it's like, for me, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the, the trip. It was, it was, quite, um, it was uh, quite challenging. You know, we were yeah, 40 hours and and originally, my thoughts were is that, you know, we, we could each be on the helm for, you know, you know, four hours on, and then the other person could sleep four hours and just, and, and just do that. But what had happened was that we hit a lot of heavy weather, and after about an hour, started so tight she couldn't steer. So we, we reached this sort of pinnacle where, uh, if you could just imagine for a moment, we're 50 miles offshore. Rainy weather, and we're kind of taking a really good hit off the off the back end. And Patty turns to me and she goes, "I want off this boat. I want right now." And, and I said, "Well, um, we're 50 miles offshore, and even at five miles an hour, you do the math. Nobody's getting on this boat anytime soon." So I've I've used that as an analogy over the years for people in their marriages because you know what when you're 50 miles offshore. Uh, can't quit is option, and I and I think sometimes you know if we treated our marriages that way, that uh, more people would probably be still married. It's just you know like giving up's not an option. Right? Just you work it out, you persevere, and you do the hard stuff. And uh, we went through the forty hours together, and we got to Turtle Bay. After uh, three anchoring, we finally did get the boat anchored, and uh, and we had just had a chance to sort of. Uh, you know, take a deep breath and, and, uh, and get ready for the next leg of the but, uh, but that's kind of what it looked like going all the way down the coast. You know, we, we get, I think in total, like I said, it took two and a half months, but it was probably actually seven days of sailing. The rest of the time we had to sit in anchorages and just wait out the weather. What a scary ordeal, my friend. I'm glad you survived to tell the story. Uh, what did you, uh, you know, get your insights? Uh, since you did this, you, may, uh, you obviously made mistakes. Uh, you Maybe you left a little bit early in terms of uh, uh, being a little bit too rookie. What would you have done differently if you had to do this trip all over again? I probably would have more experience in sailing. Uh, you know, there's plenty more courses we could have taken. But at the same time, I think sometimes, you know, the more knowledge we have, the more that we know we don't know, and then we never quite feel fully prepared. 
So it's just like, you know, when you start a business, you know, sometimes uh, people that start up, they don't know what they don't know, and they move ahead anyway. And I, I suggest it's probably not get bad because if you start overthinking it, then you'll, you'll never get started. So I think for us, uh, you know, there's some all things differently, other pieces of equipment that I might have liked to have had with me. But I, I think if we tried to think about it too much, we probably would have never done the trip. So if, uh, you know, uh, someone who's listening and watching, they want to do something similar, uh, basically, uh, obviously, prepare longer, get more training. Any advice or tips you would do, uh, give to someone uh, to equip them and support them in uh, doing a similar uh, sailing adventure? Yeah, I think it's really doing, doing your homework. Uh, make sure you're safe. Really recognize what sort of equipment you need if you're going to go sailing. I mean, you know, people even go backpacking. You know, it's like, yeah, I think you really need to just, you know, know the countries you're going to be visiting. Uh, do your, do, again, do your homework and just recognize the kind of things that you might do. I know when we sailed down the Baja, here's a good uh, story. It's like when we came down, uh, we had one anchor. And I know it's been one of the anchorages, and uh, uh, a guy that we met, uh, we called him Fa Captain Fantastic because, well, he was the fantastic captain. <laughs> so he, but, uh, he, he guy who brought people's boats back home again. So people would, would take their families, go on a family vacation, and they would sail a week or two weeks down the Baja. Well, trying to, don't you sail down the Baja, like from San Diego to Cabo, it's, essentially you're sailing downhill. The wind's behind you, and it's, it's supposed to make for a journey. But if we were to sail San Diego, well, then you're sailing directly into the weather, and it's, it's like somebody's throwing five gallons of water in your face for two weeks. Uh, so higher cap in the boat but you know the essence of the story was this is what we met with him he asked us how many anchors we had and we said we just had one and he says well, well that's interesting what are you gonna do it <laughs> and i said well whatever do you mean why would i lose my anchor and he went on to tell us you know that most people had at least five anchors on their boats because sometimes you just you just lose an anchor uh so that, that was part of it. I, I never considered the, uh, the idea of what would happen if we ever lost a maker. It never dawned on me to think that. Uh, but there's all sorts of little things. You know, it's like, what happens if your engine stops? You know, so you sales to do like, and those kinds of things. Uh, you really just need to be sure about, uh, you know, what it is that you need. And I think just prepared to just, you know, Make it up as you go when you don't have the things that you do need. Uh, as it was, you know, one of the other boats that we knew, they had like 12 anchors in our boat and it escaped. So, you know, we were able to finish the rest of our journey with two anchors. But uh, we never had an anchor issue. So it was all good. Good to hear. Good to hear. That would be definitely very scary if you lost that anchor. Uh, and it would, add, it would add to another funny story. But I'm sure uh, your heart wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be happy about that. So tell us about what happened after, you know, you had that 40-hour ordeal, you survived it. Uh, tell us about the rest of your journey, Joe. Well, one of the interesting legs is that once we got down to another anchorage on the, uh, on the, on the uh, Baja side was uh, Santa Maria. And at that point, Patty was, you know, concerned about, uh, 
you know, doing the sailing adventure by ourselves. And so we happened to meet up with a couple of other people that were also going to head to La Paz. So we had a buddy morning. So we all start off together and keep an eye out for each other. And, uh, and you really try to support each other, you know, regardless of what's going on. So, um, so uh, Deb had the one boat and they were, they were, they were fairly new, but they knew a little bit more than us. And then there was uh, the folks that had this boat called the Puffs. And for they were interesting, he was a hired lawyer um, and, and his wife, and, and they were probably, oh my goodness, they must have been like early 80s, I suppose. And, uh, and just, uh, just quite easy. So to make a, a story a little more interesting, we were going into Cabo San Lucas, and if anybody's listening or watching this, if you ever got into Cabo San Lucas, you know it's a, like the Wild West. Borders, there's fast boats, there's sailboats, it's just people just breaking all the rules of the road, you know. And so um, at that point, and I decided to tie up on a dock and just be attached to land for a few days and have a fresh shower. But our friends decided to anchor out in the harbor. So, uh, so, so Kitten and the and friends they had come ashore and we went off into into Cabo for the day. And uh, and then when we came back out and they were climbing in their dinghy. Back. The puffins found out that uh, someone uh, lifted up their anchor and set their boat free. And so the thing was actually heading out into the Pacific Ocean. So they had to chase her at the dinghy and, and go fetch their boat. So I guess so they finally they caught up to the boat and got boarded. Uh, and I guess the batteries for whatever, I guess whatever happened, the batteries were dead and they couldn't actually get the engine to start. So they're still, you know, headed out to sea. Uh, uh, so what happened was is that there was a party boat, one of those, you know, one of those drinking party boat things was going by. And, uh, and uh, Marty gets out on the deck of the boat, starts, you know, waving and screaming and hollering. And they came over and they, they were towing them back into uh in, in uh, and, uh, I arranged that uh, they could board along along us so that they could get tied up and get their boat fixed. But here, here's kind of the funny part. Imagine that this party boat, you know, with all these party people going crazy, not really recognizing what's going on, that they have a boat and tow. Then you have these folks at the buff back busy having a good time as well. Uh, the party boat comes along the dock, and then lets them loose, and as they're sort of sailing past me, uh, uh, they throw me uh, like a rope to tie them up to the dock, and this rope is probably not much more than about 10 feet long. So just like a cartoon, hanging onto this rope, and my feet are dragging down the jetty as I'm trying to stop this, you know, 50, well, it was a 46-foot sailboat. And but the funny part is that the other end of, of this thing is, is where the gas pumps were, and these guys were heading straight into those gas pumps. So I the first where you tie, you know, where you tie off your rope onto the onto the dock. I missed the first one. I'm still being dragged down the deck like a cartoon character. And I suppose they will have been this one. And I took a couple of turns on that, and then it, it held. And then I quickly went down to the to the bow. I got another one. And tied that, and when I, and I and how close they were to hitting the the fuel dock. It, it probably wasn't much more than you know about three feet before they, that that great big heavy sailboat wow in the fuel jetty. So, so that was one of the fun experiences we had. 
Oh man, I could just visualize it. I wish someone had captured that on video. And I know Patty actually just wrote her book. Uh, you know, I look forward to reading your book about your sailing adventures and all the mishaps. And uh, it's 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 almost like a, you can make a, a little mini movie about your adventure because it's uh, I can picture it. I can picture the the, the cartoon kind of image, uh, the cartoonized Joe version. Uh, so how did the end oh, yeah. go before you returned to Vancouver? Tell us about the last part of your trip. So the, the last part of the trip, uh, well, we're really, it's, it's kind of where uh, Patty and I decided that, you know, it, this has been uh, interesting. It's kind, it's kind of funny. The question that got in there is the same question sort of moved on my backyard and Duncan going, you know, is this all there is to life? Is there something more? And, and then we went on this crazy adventure for a better year and a half. And then we paused Mexico on the jetty. And we kind of look at each other going, you know, is this all there is? <laughs> is there anything more? And, and Patty did that uh, she was going to uh, start getting into more public speaking and wanted to get herself out there a bit more. You'll, you'll remember the pajama Patty phase, right? So, uh, so she went to Vegas, right? And, uh, and that's when that she kicked off sort of like the next phase of the journey, if you will. And, uh, and then while she's doing that, still connecting with a couple of buddies and sailing in the Sea of Cortez. And, uh, and I did that for another few months before I, I came back to Vancouver. Yeah, I mean, one of the recurring themes uh, you have mentioned is this whole uh, questioning, you know, and um, uh, reflecting and uh, examining your life. And as Socrates said, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living. And obviously you are quite a deep, reflective kind of thinker, and so is Patty. So you guys continually you ask yourselves these questions. And uh, a lot of people ask these questions too, uh, but they don't take action. So uh, any tips or advice in terms of like to actually taking action to fulfill on those questions? Like, okay, should I travel the world? Should I become a motivational speaker? Should I become an entrepreneur, right? We all have these questions, but a lot of us actually yeah. fail to act. You're shining examples of people who have acted. Uh, what tips would you give to someone who is maybe not at the stage where they've taken the next bold step. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because it's, I can't, it was countless numbers of times when uh, we would tell people what we're doing and, and they would wow, I could do that. And I would say, well, what's stopping you? And, and someone would say, well, you know, I have this job. And I said, well, here's what you do. You go in tomorrow and you quit. <laughs> And, and, and then you go live your dream. Uh, I, had this, I, had, I had this one woman say to me that, okay, I, this was, it was so funny. She says, this box sofa. And, and I said, so? And she says, well, it's a $2,000 sofa. I said, here, you know what, I'm going to do a favor. Well, I'm going to your house, and I'm going to set your sofa on fire. I said, you know, live your dream. You, you don't let be attached to things. Don't be attached to stuff. We, you know, people to let go of this stuff. You can't take it with you. Stuff will never make you happy. <laughs> and, and so that's been probably my biggest uh, uh, piece of advice to people as I traveled, you know, down the Baja, or even when I came back afterwards and we shared this adventure with people, and they're like, oh, wish we could do that. It's like, well, you can do it. You just have to make the choice to do it, right? Uh, you know, your job can always, like Tim Ferriss, right? The four and a half hour work. I mean, that's a big part of it. Like in his book, he even says, right? Go take him into retirement, right? 
if you know, and if what you end up doing, you can always go back, right? You can back to job. You can always find, you know, whatever you do for a living. If you're a dentist, you can always go back and get a job as a dentist, right? If you know, whatever it is that you do, if you're an electrician, a plumber, secretary, and a kid, you know, you can always go back and do it. But the thing that you can't do is go out and create new adventures and and actually live and experience your life. If being there, you no. Know, Regret, regretting not doing the things you want to do, not living your dream. You know, set the sofa on fire, quit the job, just go do it. Or you know what? Why don't you even sell the sofa? Because you can make money and fund your travels, right? Don't just set it on fire, sell it. <laughs> and uh, you know, I've heard that uh, saying over and over, oh, I wish I could do that, and maybe someday, and I'm gonna put it on my bucket list. And you know what? If you just say that, or think that, or wish that, or hope that, it will never, never, never happen. So we're definitely kindred spirits here. You gotta take that, make that choice firstly, make the decision, uh, you know, make it public and then take action. And it might be simple action, like for you, it was just, uh, you know, going to San Diego, taking those lessons. For us, buying the plane ticket, uh, you know, I find uh, just the power of public accountability is so strong. Uh, like if you wanted to write a book, you just say, I'm going to write my book by December of 2018, or I'm going to start my new business by January of 2019, or I'm going to travel around the world on a retirement year for one year in 2020 or something, right? So just declaring it and taking those first steps and learning from other people like yourself, Joe and Patty who've done it or ourselves or even one of our 450 plus guests who are also done it and doing it and continue to do it. So uh, speaking of continuing to live your dreams, uh, you are uh, you know, a full-time entrepreneur, internet marketer, uh, web designer. Tell us about your current uh, business. How does it look like? Well, for me, when back, uh, it was really about, you know, not getting trapped in that office, right? Because, like, I, I really looked hard at what I was doing before, uh, you know, as a print booker, you know, an entire day in an office, and I just looked at all the things that I didn't like about that, and I said I wasn't going to, you know, get trapped into that again. And what I really enjoy about, you know, going set up digital was that, you know, I can go to networking events, I can be out and about and meeting people, you know, you know, generating that business, but then you know, I I can be building sites, and I can and I you know I have people that work with me building those sites, and I can be doing that from anywhere in the world, right? I'm not required to get to an office to you know run my cloud to speak, right? It's like you know I can be in Manila, or I could you know I can be in Cuba, or I can you know I can be in Costa Rica, or I could be in Germany. I can train anywhere and do my work anywhere. And, and I, you know, I can, and I can have client calls from anywhere, right? We can be video conferencing and having conversations just like we are today. So I think being clear what you want when you set up your business, like what are the, you know, what are the most important elements, you know, what's most important to you and, and design a business, your lifestyle, right? And I think that's, that's really the essence of it. It's like most people go out and look for a job to pay their bills or, you know, so they can save for retirement. I think everybody in startup mode is like design the business to suit your lifestyle. And you just need to be really clear about what the lifestyle is that you want. And, and it, was, yeah, you know, it supports me to do what I, whatever I want. I can go wherever I want, do whatever I want, what I want. And it gives me that kind of freedom. And, and that's really the essence behind this. It started up, you know, just uh, building small sites for, uh, for startups. And then it grew into, you know, medium, you know, small to medium sized businesses. And are taking on larger, more I guess, more complicated projects, 
uh, with e-commerce and you know membership sites and and all sorts of things like that. And then people were, were asking, you know, wow, okay, so we've got this great this great online presence, but now how do we actually get you know strangers to our website, right? So people think the technology is all the you know getting online, but but lo and behold, you have a website and nobody knows you exist. It's like someone just built a brand new house somewhere and, and no one knows this. So, you know, you get people to that site. And, and that's, that's sort of like the second part of it. Uh, so that's really the essence of, of what I do. And, and I enjoy it. Uh, you know, I've got all the world. I've got clients in you know, Las Vegas and different parts of the U.S. I'll go across Canada. And, uh, and I just, I, I love jumping on doing the, the video conference and just learning business and, and really getting a good understanding of how it is I can help them achieve you know their own dreams right yeah absolutely it's all about uh, you know firstly living your own dreams and then inspiring others to do so as well um, one of the things I found is that people just don't know where to start when it comes to internet marketing or online uh, making money they just feel it's overwhelming because they are so many options and uh, people really struggle because there's no one telling you okay do this and this and this you got to trial and error, make the mistakes, and figure it out as you go, right? So uh, any tips there for uh, people who want to, uh, you know, start this internet marketing side of their journey, and they're just overwhelmed? Well, I think one of the first things people should do is probably, <laughs> they need to read Patty's book. <laughs> That's something. Um, I, I think there's, Patty covers a lot of the material that people need to know. And then once you really get clear about you know, who's your target market, who's your ideal client, what's that file look like, you know, where are you going to find these people, and you know, really understanding your services. Because quite often people ask me to build them a website, and I'll say, who's your – like, arrive at your website, what do you want them to do? And probably 90% of people really think of their website as an online brochure. Sure, and really, it's not an online brochure. Your website is really it's it represents you online, and it really should be your communication hub. It should be your communication. I go so far to say to people, it's like your website is actually a sales tool. It's the place that when people go there, that it, it you know it it's supposed to persuade them, convince them, and have them engage you online. And hopefully, you know, either buy something from you or phone you or contact you or email you or whatever that call to action happens to be. But that's really the essence of what your website is supposed to do for you. It's supposed to help you plan new business. Yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of us who are maybe not website designers, we don't know where to start. We see a lot of websites, right? There's literally millions, if not billions of websites. And they usually have the same about uh, home, about services, contact. Um, but beyond that, uh, we don't know exactly what to include on the site. So from your expertise, what advice would you give to someone like myself or other people who want to have a website created, but they don't know what makes a good website in terms of what you said, you know, uh, sales, call to action, etc. Tell us about some of the tips for building an amazing, amazing, amazing website. Yeah. Well, well I, I, most important important thing is the number one that's overlooked and, and I'll tell you it's the words <laughs> the, the words are the most important thing on your website uh, it, I don't care millennia whoever because it, you know everyone says well people don't read anymore but you know what if, if you're interested in something like if you were gonna go out and buy a new car uh, I'm pretty 
sure you read about all the different values, all the different types of cars and the different models of cars and, you know, what, what's available in option A versus option B and option C. And you read all the, you're going to homework before you go and buy that car. You know, the same is true for, you know, if you're online looking at houses, you're going to, you want to know, you know, all the different parts, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, located, what neighborhoods, and who else is in the neighborhood. And we do that by reading the content. And nothing is, is any different for, doesn't matter, I don't care if you're a chiropractor or any sort of service company or what have you. When your customer lands on your website, they're going to want the information that they need to decide to choose you because the fact of the matter is someone needs a new chiropractor it's, it's just a matter of whether they choose you or your competition and so you need to be able to explain why you are the better choice and you know through obviously use video but words are really the most persuasive thing that you're going to have but look, my recommendation to people is is to really like you know on a home page for example is to explain you know who are you what do you do how do you solve people's problems uh, show a lot of empathy by showing empathy. It really indicates that you, know, you understand what their problems are. And then that transitions into talking about the solutions. Because once people understand that, you know, that you understand their problems, now they're prepared to you talk about solutions. Because people aren't prepared to talk about solutions until you, uh, they understand that you know what the problem is. And so that's really the makeup of a homepage. And the about page is really coming back to talking a little bit about yourself, but also explaining like who who's your best client? What's the profile of the person that would work with you, right? So you know, I worked with practitioners in the past, and and I had one guy, and for example, I worked with marathoners, and we focused his entire website just on marathoners, and it wasn't a year later, and he was booked, like he just couldn't take on any more people. He was just he would go to the marathons, and like he was the, he was the chiropractor for the marathoners all throughout British Columbia. And I think it's business. <laughs> so those are just, this, this, you know, those are just a few snippets. And those are some great snippets indeed. Uh, so Joe, uh, in closing, I always like asking my guests this question. Uh, you've achieved this dream lifestyle. You've traveled extensively. You've created a location independent business uh, by generating income online. So what does the future hold for you, Joe and Paddy? Uh, what are you guys planning in terms of your life, in terms of your travels, in terms of your business? future projects, give us a picture of what the future holds. Yeah, well, interesting you should say that. So I think, uh, I think you know, Patty has her dream, we have our dream, and then I have my dream. So I think part of it is, uh, you know, Patty wants to get out there, and she wants to do more speaking, she wants to get uh, more speaking gigs, uh, and she wants more writing, and she just wants to be seen more. So that, that's a big part of her dream. Uh, for the both of us, uh, a big part of it, I think, is, is both setting down I think, a little more roots. Uh, I think for the last uh, eight years, we've kind of felt feel like we're we're uh, a little bit like nomads. So we're, we're, the idea, you know, we want to sort of have a home base, so to speak, and then be able to go off and, and travel and visit and, and experience life, but then be able to come back to that place that we know that, you know, it's our, we're getting, we're getting a little bit older. So, so uh, it's just nice to be able to come back to something that we consider your, your base camp. And, uh, and so we're looking forward to doing that. And, uh, and my bucket list item, the other big thing that I want to do is, uh, is I want to get a 50-foot catamaran and I want to go over to the Caribbean 
and I do, uh, I want to spend three months island hopping, going down from all the different islands. And, and they're all under different nationalities. Like some are under, you know, some are French and Spanish and English and just have that experience of just uh, doing that little bit of an island hop and a nice big catamaran. It sounds great. I actually just released my second book uh, called Exploring the Continents. It was all about North America. And in my research, I was actually researching the Caribbean islands. And it's phenomenal how many of them there are. And a lot of them are independent, but a lot of them belong to um, Britain, France, Holland, um, even the U.S. has a few islands. So it's quite interesting to study that part of the, the world. So I look forward to following you along that adventure. And I know you'll be much more experienced. So you're not going to have those 40 hour uh, scary moments anymore, right? That's right. Good luck. You never know. It's the Caribbean. Anything can happen. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So Joe, uh, how can people connect with you? You've been a wealth of info and uh, expertise and experience on, you know, creating your dream lifestyle, sailing the world, uh, you know, starting your internet marketing business and equipping others to do so as well. If people wanted to, you know, pick your brain a little bit more, ask you advice, or maybe even hire you for some website design, online marketing, how can they connect? Sure. Well, my, my website is digitalmediaworks.ca. So that's, that's the easiest way to find my website. And uh, on Facebook, you can just type in, you know, Griffith, uh, BC, and, and I'm sure I'll pop up. You will pop up. And I definitely uh, encourage our viewers here on YouTube and our listeners on iTunes and the podcast directories to reach out to Joe. I've known him personally for several years. He's definitely the real deal. His website's are incredible. We work together on a few different website projects and I definitely uh, highly recommend his services. And uh, you know, any tips also about creating your own dream lifestyle. So Joe, uh, thank you so much for sharing your story here on our podcast. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me, Ricky. I really appreciate it. Uh, no worries at all. And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. I'll have the link to Patty's interview. We referenced her quite a bit, a bit so you can uh, check out Patty's interview as well, and you can check out Patty's book. Uh, make sure you check out Joe's website. Make sure you check out our website as well. We're uh, Daddy Blogger, daddyblogger.com, and we're across the whole website, uh, World Wide Web as well, uh, on social media, on YouTube, and, of course, on podcasting. So thanks, everyone, and we'll catch up with you on, on the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.